Hello. Hello, hello. You're listening, you are listening to, to SRM Student Radio Master on 107.5 FM. Do you like
dirty though. <laughs> Good evening and thank you so much for tuning in. This is Student Radio Maastricht on RT 107.5 FM and the track we just listened to is called Traveler's Companion. What a beginning, what a start and what an amazing 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 track. This is from this from the album Celestial Temples Duende by the group of artists called the Substitute Messengers that includes the John JHW Wilacker, Dieter Levens and Imro Monen and we have a really, really special episode today with um, with Bridge Europe because we are we have students from three different universities. Could you please introduce yourself? So, so. Yeah, of course. Uh, thank you for see- seeing us again, Shyam. Thank you very thank much you for coming. My boy. companions again here. <laughs> Hello, to, what's up? Three today. Well, um, I am Sam. I study at Maastricht University European Studies, um, and in my pastime, I am work for Bridge Europe, um, which is a student organization, and I am the co-president. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm Vlad doing online things for Bridge Maastricht. Um, also like coming, coming to Maastricht from from Germany every second week to record these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very nice to be back in the studio. Uh, yeah, I'm Joska. This is my first time here, so I'm mm-hmm. very excited. Um, well, I also study European studies with that at uh, Zuid University of Applied Sciences. And I've been part of Bridge Europe for a, a one and a half year already. I first was uh, the board member for marketing, but now I'm co-president together with Sam. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah, it's really nice to have, I think, um, the three big universities in the region uh, in the studio now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. See how yes. different perspective play out, maybe. <laughs> Absolutely, and you have such varied backgrounds as well, sort of from physics to um, European studies. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's it's, it's going to be a nice nice conversation. And the topic for today is uh, current current news and future trends. Uh, last time we talked about fake news and narratives, how they emerge, and uh, what we can do about that, and what we think might happen and now we will actually focus on the stuff that actually might happen in the future yeah. uh, based on what is happening right now yeah so uh well the first thing we want to discuss today is um obviously tiktok uh everyone knows tiktok it's a chinese-based company um and it's getting banned or it has been banned in india first and uh, then the usa president trump um he banned his government employees to delete TikTok from their phones as well. Um, and now also the European Commission. I don't know, you found this, but... Yeah, when? I heard this on the radio, I don't know, like a couple, couple of times, and I thought it was interesting to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I also saw that. I also saw that. Yeah, so, yeah, I think recently also the European Commission decided to demand its employees uh, to delete TikTok from their phone because of cybersecurity reasons. Um, yeah, we we want to discuss how this would go uh, in the future, and if more um, entities would follow this example, or if even whole countries would ban TikTok in itself. Yeah, I think like when I when I talk about stuff like that, like when looking at the broader picture, I feel like we're like getting hardcore back to the <laughs> Cold War days. Oh like wow! With, uh, with, uh, with the whole Chinese spy spy balloon yeah. in the yeah, US exactly, yeah. story, and like government employees being banned from using certain things because they, these might be used for espionage. Like okay, yeah, for, it's crazy. 
for everyone it was pretty much clear that everyone spies on everyone mm-hmm. Like not not so long time ago, there was this scandal between Germany and the U.S. because the NSA or CIA apparently were spying on the German members of the government. But now it's getting so much media coverage, and people yeah. are talking about this stuff mm-hmm. all the time. So like, I feel like one of the future trends is for spy wars to reemerge. Yeah. Uh, for me, the thing is like, um, obviously TikTok, they gather data from people, uh, etc. So I, I get that concern, um, but I don't see how it could influence um, governmental, like uh, how it could leak governmental information through so TikTok. Or is it is it sort of a system that they can enter through TikTok, or how how does that exactly so, work? So, so so apparently, when you're installing the app, you're giving a lot of access and a lot of rights to the app to like, uh, utilize yeah. your exactly. Work. And then they have a lot of personal data yeah. on the application, but also people who work as government officials have yeah. a lot of sensitive information on their phones, mm-hmm. which they can also access through the application. Apparently, how and is they, that possible, though? Yeah, I I, I don't know, but because um, people are stupid. Yeah, maybe it's, it's like that. One, one of the things, like you, you see, yeah. you, you look at this whole email email leaks, or like mm-hmm. email with sensitive information leaks in the states, and like yeah. it's crazy. I was also reading this that um, they did it for the case of an attack, so a cyber attack, and then then they could enter the phone. But just in itself, the company TikTok, how how is that connected with the government of China? Like. Can the Chinese government actually ask them to hand Oh, I'm pretty the sure they can. Yeah? No, yeah. but I, the company is from ByteDance or something. Uh, the application, I mean, yeah. is from ByteDance, which is a Chinese company. And they cannot give this information to the Chinese government. Oh, okay. They cannot. But if like, if you can trust that, really, if they don't do that, that's the question. Really. I mean, the thing is, you can you can do all kinds of stuff because... Like, the company is based in China, right? Yeah. Like, even, even if we take the European... like. European or the American, like the democratic regimes, you can still get some certain certain data per yeah. per court court order mm-hmm. stuff like that. And in in China, we tend not to even believe in institutions like that. So apparently, th- th- this might be a certain security ser- security issue for the governmental. Yeah. Uh, for the people working for the governments, um, and I think this is one of the trends where. Uh, the governments are like, the people will start looking into what apps they are using and where their information is going. I think yeah. Europe is even very good footing with that, mm-hmm. uh, with the um, data security stuff that is often getting mocked uh, by the people coming outside of the European Union. Yeah. M- myself as well, but uh, in the, in a certain sense, the EU is very good. Um, and is very much advanced compared to the United States yeah. and Canada and other other countries um, in terms of their approach to data security. And I think people will be a lot more conscious about that yeah. in the coming uh, years. Yeah. I also think it's interesting because I feel like Canada and the U.S. say they cannot uh, have the application on their work phone. But for the European Commission, they also say they cannot have it on their personal phone. I, uh, I'm the question is like, can they really ask that of their employees? Well, I guess if they have sensitive information, yeah. yeah well, but it's then a personal then phone, right? Th- th- well, well yeah. in Europe, in Europe, there is also a different perception of the individual rights as yeah, it is in the true. other side of the Atlantic. But 
um yeah i mean if you're a government employee it's pretty hard to separate personal life yeah from, true like, especially on the highest levels of yeah i think i think also a question that we should think of is uh how far would bands like this go because cybersecurity is becoming a, a, a bigger issue every day yeah, so yeah. in a sense in india they already banned it for the whole country trump asked to ban it for the whole country it got declined but it's still an ongoing process and like how how does this affect the technology we enter in our own uh, market I yeah, guess. So here here's an, an example f- for you a few years ago in ukraine the social network kontakte was banned um mm-hmm. uh is um it was a privately privately established a social network kind of rigged version of facebook yeah Uh, which is extreme which was extremely popular in the russian speaking area and um but at some point it was bought or rather hijacked by uh by a company uh, in Ru- based in russia very cl- with cl- very close ties with garment you could also say almost say controlled by the garment yeah. and uh, there was a very strong evidence that it was actively used for uh, spreading propaganda and doing anti anti-anti-governmental business in Ukraine so it was banned so here here you have an example mm-hmm. of like and we know what happened after that yeah. right so here you have an example of the stuff like big big very popular social network being used for malicious intent between yeah. between the nation states no I totally get that so I, I mean I looked up uh, some numbers uh, about the use of TikTok and I saw um, that For example, the EU has around 700 million people um, and about 150 to 200 million people have the app TikTok. Mm-hmm. So incredible numbers. Yeah. That, that, that's really it's that's extremely like 20% popular. almost. It's <laughs> so also extremely addictive. The, the only question is, um, it might be relatively easy to ban it as there is so much, like all, all this content is getting duplicated meanwhile mm-hmm. on Instagram mm-hmm. Reels, True, on yeah. YouTube Shorts. Yeah, but exactly then uh, thinking about banning uh, TikTok, but instead um, the U.S. actually has the same with reels on Instagram, right? Yeah. We we all watch that as well. I guess in the end of the day for the Europeans, it's like, okay, we can, we can <laughs> yeah. kind of trust the Americans. We can all yeah, no, that's exactly. Yeah, much. exactly. That plays it's all a large the, part. It depends on what they think. Yeah, if they if they consider this a legitimate mm-hmm. threat to national or the security of the uh, European Union. And did, can I, did, have you guys ever had TikTok on your phone? No, I haven't actually. Like, I had it, but I don't I, have I it now. I also had no. it. Yeah. But I also deleted it actually because I was I was kind of, uh, how do you say, a bit critical about the situation with China having my data. So I deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> well, here you go. Here yeah, you go, so right? actually yeah. it's a fair, it's a, I think it's a fair thing that they banned it for government employees yeah. in the end. No, I just deleted it because you get addicted to it so quickly. It's it's insane. Yeah. Like before I you know, you're on it for like two hours straight and it's, it's so bad. But I'm actually surprised that in Canada, apparently they had to ban it on work phones. Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't expect that you were, would be able to install TikTok on a work phone. Like why yeah, do you need TikTok on a work phone? Like for a lot of people, their work phone is their personal phone. Like it's the yeah, same. Fair enough. But like, I fair think enough. it's like that. Mm-hmm. Do you think the US will go as far as banning TikTok for all citizens? Ooh. 
I don't I don't think so. I I'm, don't think so. I'm pretty sure that you, the US exactly the United States won't be able to do that because it they did it, it has it has yeah. all too liberal yeah, the legislative framework to to be able to do that as a government. Um but I could imagine some countries doing that if they indeed uh come to a conclusion that it's a threat to the national yeah. security. I mean I mean if it, if if yeah. if it ends up being a threat to national security they would be able to do this in the US but it's pretty hard to prove. But I think And also I don't think this is really this important. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But they, they passed I, I don't know exactly what law, but they gave Biden now the possibility of making a law that would prohibit the use of TikTok. And in the US you know that states can choose their own if they apply it on their own if they actually apply it. So I, I could see it happen that in some states TikTok would be banned. But. Yeah, I mean they basically crushed Huawei in Yeah, uh, exactly. In, so it's similar in a situation for a year or something, but yeah, the problem Yeah, I mean I don't think they m- might be able to ban it. I just think there might be a certain deal with Apple and Google who basically have a monopoly of on yeah. app distribution. So, so this might be. I, think, I don't know. Let's uh, let's see. But it's it's an interesting thing to to follow in the future. Yeah. So, All right. Thank you, All right. Thank you so much. Oh, that was an interesting discussion. Fantastic. Shall we go on to the next uh, next track? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Absolutely. This one's called uh, "Hasty Departure" from the album "Celestial Tempus Duende." The artist uh, substitute messenger. Thank you. 
That was the track Hasty Departure and you're listening to Student Radio Maastricht on RTV 107.5 FM. My name is Sham, your tech for tonight. And in the studio, we are really glad to have three students from three different universities um, in the region. Um, could you please introduce yourself once again for our audience? Yes, of course. Hello, I'm Sam from Bridge here, uh, together with Vlad and Joska. Yes, hello, I'm Joska. I'm a Dutch studying European studies and I've been a Bridge member uh, for one and a half years. Uh, so yeah, very excited to be here. Hey, Vlad here um, from Ukraine. Today I arrived from Germany. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. uh, doing, doing you didn't come from Ukraine? <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a very long train ride, so, yeah, so I wouldn't be imagine. able to, even if I if I wanted to. No, um, yeah, I'm doing online stuff for for Breacher podcast, um, online chapter stuff like that. Cool. And you you you're all studying. You study at the University of Aachen. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing physics yeah. in RTH Aachen. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. And yeah, um, this was the song uh, "Hasty Departure" by the by the artist, the Substitute Messengers. You can, by the way, find these tracks on on um, on Bandcamp, and you can also you can buy buy the entire album or the track. This one's from the album "Celestial Temples Duende," and um, yeah, I think it's quite a quite a fitting name for the for the next topic. Hasty yes, departures. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Please. Yeah, uh, well, we're here today to talk about some current uh, topical matters. And Sam came up with the idea to talk about the uh, four days work week. Um, Several countries have tried it already, which is very interesting. And while it consists of just like four days of working, getting paid the same, um, like earning the same benefits, uh, and it's just more independent work. uh, And apparently the productivity would increase and uh, work satisfaction as well. So that's a very interesting thing to talk about. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think? Do you think it's effective or not? Well, yeah, it has proven to be effective, mm-hmm. right? So I, I also looked it up and um, I read this article about different countries doing experiments on it. Uh, and they all did sort of like a 180-100 system. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if you, saw, you guys saw that as well. So 180-100 means um, you do the same workload for 100%, but uh, at 80% of the time. Uh, with a hundred percent payout, so mm-hmm. right, yeah, <laughs> true. So yeah, I think uh, proven from the con- uh, from the experiments that it was very effective, um, but that it also had some critical setbacks that people worked uh, a lot more hours on one day. Uh, but in the end, uh, I think in UK they did one with around three thousand companies uh, and employees, and. 92% of the companies applied the four-day work week after the experiment. So I guess it's quite successful. Yeah, no, it sounds fun. I think, um, like, I myself tend to work, to overwork a lot. Um, but I also enjoy, like, having a full day free. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not really a fan of people, like, going to work uh, early in the morning, like, coming back about noon like maybe maybe sometime in the afternoon and then having the evening full free and it's yeah. all nice uh, but then they're like working the whole week through and uh, so for um, you would be it would actually be a really nice thing to just work no, more I'm, I'm, more on one day yeah, yeah. i'm fine i'm fine with working like from i don't know seven seven to ten or something yeah. and like all right ten twelve days uh, tw- uh, tw- 12 hours yeah. in a day but then having having an extra day or just like 
working working and working yeah. <laughs> but i think uh, no but like coming back to the trend um i think in many we are seeing in many areas and uh, professions that uh, people are kind of looking for ways to change their work behavior because yeah. i think the covid what covid actually did for us it open the world to this idea of home office in the, in the mm -hmm. broader scale yeah and we are we are also seeing the companies uh, so the, with the big IT companies like face Facebook and Microsoft um, um, I, th I think Twitter is the biggest uh, most prominent example uh, they are kind of returning to this office-based uh, kind of work because mm -hmm. um, apparently they see certain indications that it's more efficient but um, what it what COVID in the in a broader sense bro brought us is that this realization that there are many ways to yeah. to approach this kind of work work behavior mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and working standards in the company, and I think this this thing this experience might might continue in the in the future. Yeah. And this idea with a with a four 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 day working week, if it does work for for an enterprise and it fits fits the company yeah. and fits the employees. I think it's a great idea, like in my in my opinion. Yeah, sign me up. Yeah, uh, because in Japan they have like a Microsoft company there, and they did like the four days working week, and apparently it, it improved like forty percent, like the productivity of the workers. Oh yeah, Japan. Yeah, like, yeah but uh, that's Japan then. Exactly. That's Japan. Well, Japan it, is it's interesting. Also, it was to your to your point about COVID playing a role. It definitely did, but they also did most of the experience before COVID already. Um, so I also think that working from home because of the COVID actually even like accelerated this process yeah, of, of, of the four-way work week uh, and also the possibility of working less hours because you can absolutely. divide them more with working from home. I think I think there there is also this. I I think COVID COVID was the one one thing and the AI will be the next one. Yeah, because. In in so many jobs, you have this kind of work that you still have to do, but don't really need to. Yeah, yeah. it's so easy to automatize these tasks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think we will have a huge, huge uh, step in improving the productivity in a, in the next days, where um, the the people people doing some very easy but time-consuming work will have this kind of um, artificial intelligence co-pilot working them yeah. uh, helping with the whole stuff like the spreadsheets and yeah. writing out reports and yeah. things like that people will actually be able to concentrate on the work and this is in many 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 different branches it's not about only it developers software developers mm -hmm. it's yeah. about very broad range of jobs for the first time i think yeah I think that that played. Uh, I think that's a, that's a fact that's undeniably like correlated with the f fact that a four-day work week is more productive. Exactly. Because yeah. you make use of a lot more technical advanced tools, uh, and over the past year, they only get better with AI. Now, I think, like they asked if they could do the workload in four days the same workload as they did in five days and most employees answered yes i can do that maybe if i work one hour extra a week but yeah that's yeah. crazy right yeah i think we'll we'll have to see how it plays out in the future because yeah. like with the, with the with the home office work 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 from home thing we are seeing now that they are kind of reverting this back and like mandating people okay you have to come to the office at least a few few days per week 
Um, so I think I think in the end of the day there will be certain certain compromise. Yeah. Uh, I mean the, the market will will eventually come to a conclusion which is the most efficient for the market. Yeah, I think like a four day work week is only feasible really if you can implement AI at the work floor. Because I cannot imagine that you miss eight hours of working and you can do the same in four <laughs> days. You'll be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I, but then I would say like you do like nine hours on the other days. Yeah. And I think if you can make sure that AI can do the tasks, uh, like as you said, like making spreadsheets or something then these eight hours can f- be filled up and be done by AI. No, then I, I also feel like there's another aspect that we haven't talked about, and that is that uh, people are going to work four days, but a lot of people are going to consider that second day maybe as an extra day to work somewhere else or work in black. And in the mm-hmm. end, is it then really, like, according to the facts, obviously it would cause less depression because you work four days and you have an extra day off but in reality people are going to work another job on the side on the fr- on the friday maybe well I, I i think that will happen quite a lot this is this is exactly what happened with working from home because mm-hmm. um, yeah. the work uh, for for many people again not all of them there is a whole a whole bunch of occupations where you can't do like this project based workflow you have mm-hmm. to you have, you have to show up you have to do your work like government employees for instance or policemen or but like they weren't doing working yeah. from home anyway uh but for the for the people who easily shifted to home office what happened is they realized okay i can do this work quicker yeah and so what they did they uh, took yeah. second third fifth job mm-hmm. yeah exactly not yeah. so common in the eu because the the legislation is pretty strict here yeah. but even even here it is still possible and in the states it was a big thing and this is one of the reasons people were actually asked to come back to the office yeah exactly uh, with a four week four days working week i think this might work just slightly better just because like you still have mm-hmm. four days where you have to show yeah. up and work yeah and then but I like think, how, yeah. how you do like i mean you are even right now you're free to do the stuff you want to do on the one weekend no one that that's why i'm thinking that a four-day work four week busy. right now would probably best work in countries who have good welfare uh yeah pay good wages like the, the obviously then people will enjoy their day off uh, but i think in less developed countries it will be most likely that people yeah. only start working more but do you think like a six hour like working day would be better than like five days six hours i i don't think <clears throat> i don't think but like in in uh, again in the in the same spectrum of occupations where you it, it's pretty much the same spectrum of jobs right so like in in most of the jobs you you you're working like mandated times anyway yeah and and you are also doing shifts like you work like for four days and then the other person works for four days and you get four yeah, yeah. like stuff like that happens quite often and i think with the other jobs i don't think it's really that necessary to focus on the amount of hours people are working because we are seeing that especially in the digitalized economy the wages and stuff like that is very often moved to a project-based payment mm-hmm and you're not actually getting paid for for the amount of hours you did but rather for the amount of work yeah true uh also you've done also i 
think in the EU it's already pretty common not to have a standard for the hour work week mm-hmm. uh, right now. Well, I, I read that Germany, I don't know if it's true though, I, I can put the credibility of this source on <laughs> but I read that Germany has the lowest hours per week per employee and it was around 34 to 35 hours a week uh, that employees actually worked. It might be. Might be. I am <coughs> so we're already working less in a yeah, sense. Yeah, I guess the question is all also like how the e- economy output will will react yeah. to that. Because the one thing is okay, you tested in certain certain number of companies. Uh, this is why I think the garden mandating stuff like that is a pretty dangerous thing to do. It's a pretty tough experiment to undergo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you create legislative framework to allow stuff mm-hmm. like that and there might just show up show up some companies who implement that and take better output and yeah, make no, a greater competition. Totally. I, I I'm fully up for it. So I mean Fantastic. <laughs> I think I think the next track is uh, is very much um a track that reminds me of work. This one is called Them Good Busy Boys. It may not sound <laughs> like something calculated in English, but um in Dutch it's uh is we we say uh Hubbezer. Mm-hmm. Um, which literally means good busy <laughs> and um, I think I think we listen to the song enjoy Busy, 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 busy,
That was the song Them Good Busy Boys by the band The Substitute Messengers from their album Celestial Temples 2. And they thank you very much for letting us uh, sample some of your tracks. Today, this is Student Radio Maastricht on RT 107.5 FM. And we are having a very, very, very interesting discussion today with three students from three different universities um, in the studio. Yeah. Um, yeah, could you please uh, very quickly have a quick introduction yes, around I'll before do a we go quick to the next topic? So yeah. I'm Sam from Maastricht University. Uh, yes, I'm Joska from Zuid University of Applied Sciences. Vlad from RWTH Aachen University. Super nice, <laughs> super nice. And your, uh, your, uh, thank you so much for first of all discussing these uh, the super interesting topics and breaking it down to basically, um, well, can can I say layman's language? Like, um, like yeah, in, in simple terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terms, true, definitely. true, true, true. So yeah, and continuing with the with the discussions, um, please. Yeah, so we wanted to proceed with uh, kind of geopolitical trends for for the next year and so and on. Yeah. But we really want to start with um, with discussing the earthquake that struck uh, Turkey, Syria, and several other countries on February sixth uh, of this year. Uh, one of the strongest earthquakes in. A very long time, mm-hmm. which already took uh, the lives of more than uh, fifty thousand people uh, in Turkey, um, wow. in Syria. It's already at fifty thousand. Yeah. It's already at uh, fifty thousand and growing because the, the that's rescue. only confirmed, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's the confirmed uh, confirmed um, confirmed that um, yeah. the rescue operation still ongoing, mm-hmm. with I think more than twenty countries uh, involved. Wow. Um, yeah, so I think uh, no one no one really expected something like that. I mean, people expect earthquakes in this area all the time, but mm-hmm. uh, these uh, um, just this scale, yeah, mm-hmm. wasn't really easy to comprehend. Yeah, what what, what I read was uh, that because of that reason, that it is a region that is also um, known to be sensible for earthquakes. Uh, that the government already or like the government got critiqued because they didn't put enough measures beforehand while they did say they would do it right Mm -hmm. i don't know if you 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 have yeah i read about uh, it yeah because if the if the like the houses would have been more stable there would have been way like less deaths um and there's also like 1.5 million people are homeless right now and that's so that's that's so much incredible amount of people yeah what what i read though is that like um because it's 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 sensible for uh, for earthquakes that in the past they had also pretty heavy earthquakes as well Mm -hmm. and that then the government decided to make a, a special tax that goes yeah. to the to uh, like fund for the these regions to help them make more or better stable houses and now they are critiqued for not having yeah. done that and wondering where the money actually went yeah yeah no yeah yeah stuff like that is pretty pretty tough to talk about yeah. for for one and um yeah on the other hand it's pretty damn hard to prepare no yeah so totally. like if you take against japan japan's the world uh world leader in the in the earthquakes <laughs> and and so in preparation for earthquakes yeah. they have this incredible technology i think i saw they, they do this like hydraulic mm-hmm. um automatized um flattener yeah. of the of the surface so is, is in it the, in the foundation of the house i think 
So they have possibilities to measure uh, yeah, if yeah. A, if an earthquake is coming. Yeah, sure. I mean, you you see you see the the pulse, right? You yeah. can measure the, and you don't really need to measure whether it's there. You just have this like kind of like you have this hydraulic stabilization yeah. or something against the vibrations. Yeah. Like for instance, apparently apparently in Taiwan, um, in this uh, giant skyscraper mm -hmm. that they have in Taipei. Uh, they have this uh, like giant structure in the middle of the building that helps um, out. Uh, kind of breaking the wave yeah, or something. Yeah, it kind of acts again yeah. the vibrational mode that comes comes yeah. through the through the vibrations of yeah. the ground. So it's not about predicting the earthquake. It's more like, like in a way. I mean, you don't really. It's pretty tough. To, mm. It's pretty hard to predict. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. No. No, it's more than w like when it happens. It's less. Yeah. Less yeah. 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 You can you can create systems to build that. I mean, of course, it costs a lot of money. And yeah. This is kind of. Yeah. It's it it's money that you're not sure is going to be well spent. Uh, yeah. Obviously, it's, it's yeah. I mean, it's spent well because you're kind of safeguarding uh, yeah. a whole population, but. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 like an insur life insurance or something. Yeah. yeah. Like you, it, it's good when you don't need it, but. When you do, it's it's nice oh, that like it's there. It pays, <laughs> pays like yeah. thousands yeah. of times. But right? I mean, for a country such as Turkey, like you know, there are more. There have been more earthquakes, so yeah. they should have invested exactly. in something like that. So, so just just for the context, it's the region which is very um, seismically active. Mm -hmm. uh, it's on the border of the tectonic plates of uh, Europe, Asia, and Africa. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um and there is there is a major earthquake there every like fifteen to twenty years. Yeah. Relatively big earthquakes. But like this time apparently it's one one in one in a century, one once in a lifetime uh event. And uh, so so for instance there is this uh, ancient uh, fortress in Gaziantep in um Southeastern Turkey, which yeah. is like very famous, this giant fortress. How do you know this man? <laughs> 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 it was, it was, uh, so apparently, apparently, it was destroyed in the in an earthquake. The, the the fortress that stood there for yeah. for centuries. Jesus, but yeah. what, what do you like? Uh, obviously, the background of the earthquake is um, pretty fucked up, and everything how it's gone. But what do you guys think about the responses of institutions like the EU and? other countries who wanted to help or Turkey itself even I think the response was very human yeah like the one note that we saw it was very human mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like when I looked up also like which countries uh, provided <coughs> aid there are like a lot of, like I expected less maybe I don't know why but there are a lot of countries providing um, rescue and search teams and um, mm -hmm. they're setting up camps for, for people who don't have a home anymore. Yeah. So I feel like so far there have been quite some measures to help. I mean, mm. I mean, one of the biggest uh, things that were discussed, I guess, is the, uh, that Greece sent a very big rescue mission to Turkey and they have a um, very tense um, relationship uh, mm -hmm. in, the, in the last decade or so yeah. and I think this was a very very powerful message so it's also um, it's kind of also in a way yeah in a way I think it's a bit politi politicized yeah. but on the other hand I mean you also can't really blame people for that because no, like no, there are there are these rescue people who help in the emergency and do do their best to to go there I yeah. mean you are, are on you Ukraine sent I think about 70 70 people uh, and like we we have yeah we do have where to use them but i mean um 
it's still an important thing it's a very humane thing to do and uh, politics or not uh, for for the people yeah. there uh, it's important anyway so like the more the more the more rescuers come there out of political reasons or because it's the right thing to do um people more people are ge- getting rescued this way and like uh, there were people i think found under the rubble after days and maybe i think yeah. it was like about 128 hours or something this was yeah. the the longest person yeah i saw i saw the same, the same stories of guys who drank their own urine and, mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. to stay alive this is ridiculous it's, incredible. it's uh, insane yeah so Thank, thank God, these people survived, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a huge tragedy, I think. And uh, the trend for for the world, I guess, uh, exiting this talk for us today, I think, is just yeah, we, regardless what happens like geopolitically and things like that, we still like have a human response. Still, to still the the biggest yeah. the biggest weapon of mass destruction. It's the nature and things we can't really predict all that well. And uh, what we need to do is let's come together and help each other out, regardless yeah. what we feel oh. for each other. I think that's a that's a positive note. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a beautiful <laughs> message at the end. Episode, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was a fantastic evening. Uh, You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Very, right. very, very glad to be here. Thanks a lot for hosting us. All right. And thank you so much to our audience for tuning in. This was Student Radio Maastricht. And today we had uh, students from Bridge Europe. And uh, yeah. Wait, can I can I yeah. do one um, one information yeah, thing sure. I want to share? Is that soon uh, we are from Richard Maastricht and we are doing an event uh, that's going to be really cool. So uh, I will be here or we'll be doing another episode, but it's going to be uh, on the topic that to what extent you are willing to give up freedom for security. Uh, and we'll have a speaker and it will be in Maastricht. So anyone who's listening, reach out to us. Uh, on Instagram. I think this is also a great topic for the next talk. Yeah, definitely. Very interesting to talk about. Yeah, Definitely looking forward. All right. Thanks, Yam. Anyways, for having us. Thanks a lot, guys. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) Hello. Hello, hello. You're listening to SRM. Student Radio Master. On 107.5 FM.